0: Shmuel Bet, Second Samuel, Chapter Five. Previous chapter records the death of Ishbosheth, Saul's remaining and quite weak son, who functioned as the king of Israel. Actually, the main power was Avner, who defected, and then was killed. At the end of the previous chapter, we have another story about Rechav and Bana. Um. Who, uh, after they killed Gishboshet, uh, are put to death by David. And David uh, makes a statement. He says that he makes a verbal statement, then he makes an actual statement in the sense he executes them. He puts it in terms of they're acting in a way which is unjust, and I will remove uh, them from the land. They're wicked people. And in effect, at this point, the house of Saul is basically finished. There's no Avner, and there's no king. So, the beginning of our chapter, chapter 5, all of the tribes came to David in Hebron. Hebron was where David was anointed king by the tribe of Judah. And now we have all the tribes coming to David, and they said, We are your flesh and blood. And even in the past, earlier, even when Saul was king, You were the main force. And God spoke to you, they say, And God has spoken to you. Uh, We don't know in this book exactly when people know that David was anointed king. Who knows, who doesn't know, when they know. But at this point, this is what they're saying. God has chosen you. And therefore, in verse number three of chapter five, they came to Hebron. They made a covenant with David before God, and they anointed David as king over Israel. David is now King David of all of Israel. That's the beginning of chapter 5. Then we have a statement about David's reign. David reigns for 40 years altogether. Seven and a half in Hebron and the remainder in Jerusalem. And now in verse number 6 we are told a story about David and David's capture of Jerusalem. Now, the land of Canaan, Eretz Canaan as it's typically called, is captured in pieces And the main battle, the main uh, event, which secures the land of Canaan, is found in the previous book, that is the Book of Shoftim, the Book of Judges. And that's the story of the Judge Devorah, and the battle that's waged, Devorah is also a prophet, and she instructs Barak Ben-Avinoam to wage war against Canaan, and in that battle and the description of the battle was in the fourth chapter of the Book of Judges, Yavin Melech Canaan and his confederates, the kings of Canaan, are defeated. And after that battle, chapter 4 of Judges, we have the Song of Devorah. We have the song which marks the great victory against the kings of Canaan. It's a very interesting song, and for our purposes, And the point I wanted to make here, which is relevant to our chapter, the presence of a song, at least in three occasions, and these three songs are linked to each other. The presence of the song marks the threshold. The Song of Devorah marks the fact that the conquest of Canaan is essentially completed. The kings of Canaan have been defeated, the great battle against Canaan, and it's marked by a song. And in truth, that is the case. The land of Canaan has been captured, but there's one exception. And this exception actually is mentioned in the book of Judges later, in the concluding chapters of Judges, the last story of which is the concubine of Giva, chapters 19, 20, and 21. In that story, a man is traveling with his wife-slash-concubine, and they're traveling home, and it's getting dark, and the man says he doesn't want to stop in the city of Yevus. The city of Yevus, he says, is not a Jewish city. So he's afraid to stop there. So they don't stop there. Instead, they travel to a place called Giva, where a uh, terrible incident takes place. His wife is kidnapped, raped, murdered. And that uh, precipitates a civil war between the tribe of Benjamin and uh, all the other tribes. That's a very important story. We have had occasion to reference that story in our study of Shmuel, particularly chapter 11 of 1st Shmuel, the war against Nachash HaAmoni, which is in a sense a reversal uh, of the Pilegesh Bagiva story. In any event, we are told that Yavuz is a city which is in the hands of the Yevusi, Yevusi being one of the seven Canaanite nations, and that apparently remains uncaptured. So. The Israelites have captured the land of Canaan, but there's one place that still remains, and that place, Yevus, which we call Jerusalem, that is captured by David. In fact, in the book of Shemuel, here in chapter 5, David wages a war against the Yevusi, and David defeats them, and David secures Jerusalem. That's one story related to Yevus. And the second story... uh, is the story of Aravna, which is the last chapter of 2 Samuel. In that story, David takes the threshing for of Aravna, not by force, but he pays for it. In fact, in that story, Aravna offers David the threshing place, and uh, David refuses to take it for nothing. David purchases the place from Aravna Hayavusi, And uh, David uh, brings sacrifices there and God responds to David's uh, offering and the plague that besieges the people in chapter 24 comes to a halt. So the Yavusi figure actually in the last chapter, chapter 24 of 2 Samuel, that's a very, very interesting chapter for many reasons. So we have David doing two things. We have David capturing Jerusalem militarily, and we also have David purchasing Jerusalem, or a piece of Jerusalem, the place that becomes the temple, the place that becomes uh, the place of sacrifices, and that's a purchase. In this respect, David follows a pattern that we have already encountered in the book of Breshit, in Genesis, because there we have two instances of land that is taken both by force and land that is taken by purchase. We have in the case of uh, Avraham that he symbolically captures the land of Canaan in chapter 14 in the war against the four kings who in turn have defeated the nations of Canaan. And when Avraham defeats the four kings in Genesis chapter 14 he has symbolically, by militarily, but symbolically captured the land of Canaan. (coughs) Then we have another story the grave of Sarah, where Abraham purchases that site as a permanent possession. And the same thing is true of Jacob. Jacob comes to Shechem, the city of Shechem, at the end of chapter 33 of Genesis. He purchases the place outside Shechem for 100 kesita, it's a purchase price. And then in chapter 34 we have the conquest of Shechem and the story of Dinah which is done not so much by Jacob, who actually seems to oppose the battle, uh, but by Jacob's uh, sons, led by uh, Shimon and Levi. So we have this twice in Genesis, you have purchase and conquest. And when it comes to David, we have purchase and conquest. And that's the first part of chapter uh, 5. And then what's interesting is, in the second part of chapter 5, So the battle against the Yavusi begins in verse number 6 and um, it concludes uh, essentially in verse number 8. And then, in the last part of the chapter, it's interesting, we have another battle. So the Philistines where David formerly resided, and the great enemy of Israel, hear that David has become king, so they come to attack David. They were friendly to David when Saul was king. One might say it wasn't friendship with David so much, it was seeing Saul as an adversary. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. But in this case, David is now the king. The Philistines came and they spread out over Amek Riphaim the valley of Riphaim now Rephaim are giants so it's very interesting that in this battle which David will in which David will defeat the Philistines and we're told this in verse number 20 David inquires of God earlier in verse 19 in verse 20 he's told he will be victorious David bebal pratsim ma'im. So David is victorious, and he attacks in a place called Baal Pratsim. He names the place Baal Pratzim. God has caused my enemies to uh, break before me. As waters break through the dam. So waters push through or break through. So in this chapter, related to the conquest of Jerusalem, There are two adversaries. There's the Yevusi on one hand, and the Yevusi are one of the seven Canaanite nations, and then there are the Rephaim, the giants. David's conquest in the book of Samuel to secure the land requires two things. It requires defeating the Canaanite nations, but it also requires apparently defeating the giants, the giants who perhaps possess the land before the Canaanite nations. The giants are referenced in chapter 6 of Genesis. Hanephilim, nephilim, who are also referenced in the story of the spies. They are also possessors of the land. David, who finalizes and secures the conquest of the land, achieves both goals. He actually defeats the Canaanites, or, or the last battle against the Canaanites, And he also defeats the giants.